If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be the day after, but it's going to be with you, you know, as soon as it clicks in your head, it's with you for life. This episode is brought to you by Ample Meal, founded by my friend Connor Young. Ample is a new entrant to the supplement market, but it's not a supplement like a protein shake, which is you know limited in my experience, but it's a complete meal in a bottle, and it's healthy. So just add water, shake it up, add a little bit more water, and then drink it. So if you're on the go, if you're a busy professional, if you're a warrior in the field, this is your new MRE. They come in 400 and 600 calorie versions. They have a ketogenic version and also all sorts of things coming online. Ample meal, terrific stuff, and it really tastes good as well. Um, No GMO, uh, no gluten, all very healthy um, ingredients. This is a breakthrough, I think, for uh, food supplementation, and um, I love it. It's a go-to for me. I I drink one a day. All right, so go to amplemeal.com. Connor has generously offered you two bonus meals. These are like six or seven dollar value each for any order over fifty dollars so go to amplemeal.com unbeatable is your code check it out i love this stuff it is fantastic and it's one of a kind hooyah hey folks this is uh commander mark divine coming at you with the unbeatable mind podcast listen thanks so much for taking the time to listen you know i don't take it for granted you got plenty of other things to do and people vying for your attention and uh, it just really, really appreciate that you're here to uh, help be part of the solution to what's going on in the world and not part of the problem. That is hugely significant. Anyways, before we get started, let me uh, mention a couple things. One, it really helps if you rate the podcast in iTunes, hopefully five stars. So please go do that. We have like 300 and some odd five-star ratings. It helps other people find the podcast who may not know about us, but are interested in you know the same types of things. So that's number one. Number two, uh, look out for the Seal Fit Bootcamp, a brand new program that I consider to be, you know, just like the real evolution of Seal Fit. You know, we wanted more people to be exposed to the training uh, and, and not fear it. And people would say, hey, you know, I, I'm just not ready for that. I have to go, you know, I have to train in CrossFit before I do Seal Fit. Well, Seal Fit Bootcamp is basically for everybody. It's, it's infinitely scalable. We've taken out the barbells and we've inserted all the mental training. So if you can imagine all the great mental training and the big four skills that we teach layered into really cool uh, workouts that include you know high-intensity Metcon, strength, stamina, durability, but none of the really complicated movements. So it can be done anywhere. And they're all videotaped, so kind of like P90X you can follow along. It's going to be really cool. So go to sealfit.com and just or search for Sealfit Bootcamp. We're just trying a soft launch right now, and then there'll be a big push later on. 
You know, some of you know that we trained the actors um, who did who did the TV show on History Channel called Six about SEAL Team Six. And I got to tell you, we just had a blast doing it with these guys. What a great group of guys. And today I've got one of them on and we're going to have a real cool call with Barry Sloan. Uh, Barry, he's the leader of the team from Six uh, on the show, that is. And his character name is Bear Graves. And I remember Barry very well through the training. You know, we connected quite a bit. And, you know, he was kind of a leader during the training. He's done a lot of other work. Uh, Barry, I first came across Barry because my wife got into a show called Revenge. Barry, you're there, right? Yes, I'm here. I was really bummed when that woman put that stiletto through your head. I was like, damn, that's (laughs) that's gotta hurt, man. That's part of the course on that kind of show, man. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure that was a fascinating... That, I bet you're having a lot of fun with Six, and I'm sure that you had fun with Revenge and all your stuff. So I, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about it. I don't get a chance to talk to an actor very often. But um, anyways, I, you know, you're more... Barry's more than an actor, you know, so he's also um, a big advocate for mental health and veterans programs. Uh, born in Liverpool, and uh, yep. prior to us starting, we were talking about why so many good musicians and actors come out of Liverpool... England of all places, they must put something in the water. At any rate, Barry, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it, man. How are things going? Yeah, going really well. Yeah, thanks for thanks for you know catching up again, and it's uh, it's nice to be to be talking about this after such an incredible experience that we had with you guys before. Yeah, um, you know that was like a year ago, and I bet you you know because most a lot of people on this call have been through you know Kokoro Camp or Twenty X or Silver Academy, and it feels like yesterday, you know, for most of them. It it really is, and and not only that. I mean, it was something you guys said to us just after we completed. Was you know, it it may not be tomorrow, it may not be the day after, but it's going to be with you. You know, as soon as it clicks in your head, it's right. with you for life, and and that that certainly is the case. And I've been I've been using it in my day to day, every day since, and giving it to other people at the, to the best I can. Right. As well. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean. You know. It was mentioned before that it's a crucible experience, and it it yeah. certainly was that. Yeah. Um, in so many ways for us and. And it just, in a lot of ways, just made us be able to walk onto set right. on a stay of film and, and just be and not try and perform anything, you know? Yeah, that's such a cool thing to hear. Because, yeah, because yeah. you had a sense, even though I think it was only like six days, right? But you had a sense for how, A, a lot of it was probably just watching the SEAL coaches and myself and Coach Lance, you know, just getting a sense for how we operate and yes. and move and act and talk. But then... You know the dialogue and what we beat into your skulls uh, with regard to the dialogue and the and the mental toughness, all that you you know, and it was such a immersive learning experience that, like I said, you don't even know some of the things you learn until probably it just kind of showed up the way you acted as a team and stuff. Yeah, we were. I mean, it was literally just you know walking into in, into you know being guided by, by by people like yourselves into something that was completely unknown. You know, and, and as you say, you know, a lot of people might might be inclined to, to do this thing you know you, you may have you may have been pushing towards that for a number of years i mean for some of us we signed the deal to do that show you know four days before we got on the bus <laughs> so, surprise um, so so you it's interesting what you were saying about some people think they can't do this and they, that they were you know that they need all this time training beforehand and yes obviously it's advisable to be in some form of shape but like right. we just we all just went into it completely blindsided and yeah. and i think that's what made it even more immersive for us in a lot of ways because you know i hadn't had that level of control taken away from me personally and i, I struggled to speak for everybody else but yeah. that was that was liberating um and to have your your ego faced in front of you on on more than one occasion 
Yeah. And you have to decide whether you like the way that looks or if you want to change that. And, and that, was, <laughs> that was a huge, a huge part of, of what we went through. And, and it did change me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, we, we have this saying that um, you meet yourself for the first time. And what we mean by that is you meet a new part of yourself, like a more authentic part of yourself. And, and especially for an actor who, you know, has to go in there and like draw, you know, dig deep to find mm-hmm. some sort of authentic voice in, in a part of, you know, in a role that may not be you. But, you know, I think that all of us have that capacity to be other, you know, to be other things besides what we present to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really interesting. Well, we, I want to come back to kind of acting and all that. But before I do, I just want, you know, for people who are listening who are like have no idea who Barry is and, and or whatnot, we do have a video that the History Channel was fortunate, you know, was grateful enough to let us put on our website. So right now it's on the 20X page. So sealfit.com slash 20X. So just make a note of that and then go back and check out this video. And, and, it, and it shows Barry and all the guys kind of showing up at SealFit and, and doing training. And they interview me and, and uh, some, of the, you know, some of the actors. And it's really cool. It's really cool. And I've seen some of the um, other videos that kind of came out of the training. And I even had people say, hey, I saw the trailer to Six and SealFit's in there. <laughs> I'm like, but they didn't, use, they didn't let the SealFit be shown anywhere, right? They admitted it. Well, there was, there, was, there, was, there was pictures of us. Um, in our in our shirts, kind of uh, during during the surf the surf right. passage part, right. and that they used like for um, one of the guys' uh, funerals, I guess they they used part of his. In, in oh, the, they did. Interesting. Yeah, little bit. So, so there, there was little moments of it, and, and pictures of us during that training were all up in, in the team room and right. kind of everywhere because it was you know it was big on us and in my garage in my character's garage. You know, there's pictures of us on the beach and. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it, it's all it's all in there. Um, you just got It's like it's like Easter eggs. You just got to find them. Yeah, know? it's like the team guys just reflecting back on their training or having artifacts from from their buddy yeah. class. That's kind of I guess so. Yeah, and 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 it really was. You know, again, that we were able to draw on that to some level of 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 that experience for these guys. You know, right. uh, not not that the chances of us all of being in the same buzz class and then being in in yeah. dev together are slim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it happens but, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're um you you were born in Liverpool yeah. and we were just I was asking you like because I, I mean the Beatles came out of Liverpool some other great musicians and you're a musician yeah and um you were telling me that you know there's so little opportunity in, in kind of the, the old traditional trades that that the little cult, subculture is kind of developed there around music and yeah. tell us about that how did you get into music and do you still play and what what was that like for you well, growing well, up there. It, as, as I said, I mean, it was it was a very creative vibe about the place, and that's you know, it's a very blue collar uh, town. Um, a lot of my my father's generation, my grandfather's generation, everybody really worked in the docks, or there was a huge match factory that was kind of right. where a lot of the people went. So you didn't really think about what you're going to do. This was an option. You right. could always aspire to more. But um, so for me, I mean, a group of my friends, you know, they started a band. They they didn't have a bass player at that point. And I was I was the biggest of us, so I was allowed in the band, which right. is good. Um, and I didn't know how to play bass guitar. I just took an acoustic guitar and hit the top string of the uh, <laughs> awesome. thing. I was like, I'm in the band, so you there know. There you go. I had an instrument as well. So then, yeah. So I moved forward with that. Um, I was always always a big. I mean, music still a huge important part of my life and my kids' life. You know, I annoy the I annoyed the hell out of them by playing music all day long. <laughs> I believe it's it's a big mood shifter for me, you know. Right. And I use I use music an awful lot um, for character, yeah. uh, okay. and certainly for this, you know. There's a playlist that I had, you know, something I, you I mean did, when I you're did. trying to like memorize lines and stuff like that. 
No, no. Like for like, what I would do is because one of the one of the exercises I would use for Joe is is that I felt that he had a lot going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. So I would I would play like uh, Slipknot or very very aggressive uh, metal music. Without then I would then I'd play the scene with my headphones in, but I'd play the scene calm. But mm-hmm. with that, he's going on as kind of a uh, a warm up technique of could I could I still remain outwardly calm with this chaos going on inside? Huh. That's so cool. music is always a, something that I like to to play with. So you, know? you do that on set? Yeah, just before going into it to like <laughs> get the lid on the pot if that was required for the character, you know? I can see the director like, where's Bear? Where's Bear? Oh, yeah, there, there, right. I hear the music. There he is. He's getting ready. <laughs> yeah. So one of the couple of our advisors, I was, I was lying down one day and he came up and he's like, is that Slipknot? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, get some, man. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's very cool. So that's good. Felt that's like cool. I got a nod from one of the SEAL guys, which is nice. So. Yeah, yeah. So you had so so Mitch Hall was you know I don't want to uh, skip here, but Mitch Hall was the uh, seal who was my teammate who yeah. brought you guys out. He was kind of the lead um, kind of advisor, but you had other other guys from DevGrew. Yeah, uh, we did, we did. I don't I don't think they wanted uh, the names. No, uh, of course not. No, but um, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, Mark, it was invaluable with with you guys, and then through course, with yeah. them right the way through filming. You know, for them to be working with us, and, and as you say, not not just. I mean, a tactical proficiency isn't going to be as proficient as you can get in a limited space right, of time. Right. So they weren't expecting us to, you know, to be completely there. Season on season, that's what Mitch's idea is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like next year, you come back yeah. and even more. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, whatever your, as you know, he's like, whatever your standard was, that's not good enough anymore. We go again. Do you guys so, remember, remember at the end of the training, I said, listen, you know, for the first season, guys, don't, don't take your shirts off because, you know, <laughs> SEAL team guys are just freaking ripped. But by the yeah. second season, I want to see you guys without your shirts on. <laughs> oh, wait, no, we are working it hard now, man. So good for you. <laughs> really, definitely hammering us this time. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's working. Dude. So you played music in Liverpool. Was that kind of your way out, or how was acting your way out? That was well. It, it, it came. I came to a crossroads, really. To be honest, it was. I was always doing both. I was in a band for for a good number of years, and I was. I also had a an acting agent who would often say, "You know, I do this because I did I did plays in school for a long time." Mm-hmm. And at this one point in my career, I had a showcase for a Japanese record label with this with this band that was at the time in this crazy weird barn in in somewhere just outside London. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing this weird set and, and they they don't respond after you play a song. They just they just take notes and put it in a note. <laughs> it's, not weird. it's one of the strangest things. And we're we're giving it the bollocks, you know what I mean? So we're like we're kicking through it. Uh, yeah, great, next song. Okay, next one. So we get to the end of that and our manager for the band is there talking and I get a phone call from my from my other manager and he's like, um so that you just got off at this role on this British television show called Brookside, which filmed in my hometown. Um, it, was a, it was a cool show at the time. Um, That's cool. So I had to make a decision. It's like, do I, do I stay here with the band or do I go and do the music? And I had to, you know, uh, I had to go into the, the rehearsal room and, and tell the guys that I was leaving the band and I was going to become an actor. Mm-hmm. And I also had made a terrible decision. Um, mm-hmm. see, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's okay. um, and I still see them now, and they're like, "Yeah, you made the right choice," because because they're not doing it anymore. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a crossroads. Um, I, I was very lucky. I think you know, it takes it takes that as much as everything else within this uh, hard work and commitment and self belief. But um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it seems to me. I'm with with the insane number. I mean, it's got to be opening up a little bit, but for you getting in when you did, you know, it's got to be hyper competitive. I'm sure it still is, but now there's so, there's so many TV shows, cable, Netflix, Amazon. Yeah. Is the competition opening up a little bit or is it um 
are there just that many more people going or what's the landscape like these days? The thing is, I think, I think you can, I think you can, there might be more opportunity to get on a TV show, but the scope for people to actually watch that television show. Yeah. It's been narrow so, yeah. So you can, you can be making a living, but you might necessarily ever be known if you know what I mean. Yeah. But if, you, yeah. if you were on one of the big four channels back in the day and you had a hit show, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was that a was, million dollar proposition probably. Yeah. yeah that was you. But, but now, you know, you can fortunately, and actors aren't being held into, you know, long-term deals as we used to be. And you know, he used to sign a, a pilot contract, and that was you for seven years. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a dead discretion. Mm-hmm. So you might, you might be in a show that you despise after a year, and you're stuck there for, for most of your 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, there's a bit more power coming into, the, into, into actors. As if you can, you know, you can do a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, it's a limited series. It's only going to do, like, six. It's only going to do eight a year, which is fantastic because you don't have to – you know, if you can imagine, like one of the, you know, one of my favorite albums, say like, you know, Abbey Road by the Beatles. But imagine if that was twenty-two songs long. I mean, there's going to be some some shit on there, right? I mean, that, <laughs> right. That's what's going to happen. But if you can condense it to eight, it works. Yeah. So I think I think you've still got to work hard to get in the door. Right. Um, fortunately, I did that. You know, in like 1999. So yeah. How, how old were you when you when you did your or got your first role? Um, that was 99, so 81, 92, 19, 18, 19. Okay. So, um, so I, was kind, I was kind of late for some, but early for others. I mean, there's no, there's no way in. I guess it just happened when it happened, and, you know, right. I just kept plowing forward. Right. Um, so that was, was that a, that was a British show? The first that was, yeah, it was a British show, but, but the, the thing, the first movie was an NBC movie called In His Life, The John Lennon Story. It was a Beatles uh, movie shot for NBC, and I think it might have been a television thing over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted authentic musicians, authentic actors, and, and they shot it in the exact locations that, that the Beatles met. And oh, cool! All this, yeah, yeah. And I auditioned for John Lennon, and I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but I, I did get to play the pivotal role of Ivan Vaughan, who, <laughs> if you if you're an aficionado of the Beatles, you'll know he's the guy who introduced John Lennon to Paul McCartney. So, oh no, I, I, interesting. Yeah, I still see that as very pivotal. Without Ivan, there is no Beatles and there is no movie. So right. But, but was I, Ivan a musician too? No, oh. no, he was, he was he was barely a character. But I but I had four <laughs> I had four lines and uh, I enjoyed it and that was my oh that that's awesome movie your entree yeah okay. This podcast episode is brought to you by Organifi. Now we all know that green juice is good for us, but juicing is a pain. It costs a fortune and it's super time consuming. At least that's my story. Uh, I don't juice, so that's why I opt for Organifi Green Juice as an alternative because it's super easy, super tasty. It's an organic superfood green juice powder. Just add it to your water and stir it up. It dissolves almost immediately. Drink it, and it will help sustain your energy throughout the day. It'll reduce stress over time, and best part is it really tastes good. So check it out to get your micronutrients from a superfood green juice Use Organifi. I think stuff is great. Go to Organifi.com, and these guys are super generous. I know the founder, and they have offered a 20% discount to you on your order. So go to Organifi.com, use the code UNBEATABLE at checkout, and get 20% off your order. And uh, that link is also listed below in the show notes to this episode. Organifi.com. Hoo-yah. Fascinating. So then what, um, kind of what came after that? You clearly set your sight on LA and whatnot. Well, 
yeah, yes, and yes, and no. I mean, I, I, I. I want to be, I was a successful and I'm a successful actor in the UK. I continuously worked since '99 up until 2009. When um, you know, I always said I didn't want to come to the states without a job. I didn't want to come begging. I wanted to mm-hmm. come on my own. I wanted to come on the merit mm-hmm. and have, having already achieved what I needed to have and have the right CV and the right calling card. That's cool. Okay, but the way it happened. What I didn't realize I was emigrating effectively was um, I did. I took a play in the West End of uh, of London. Um, it was a new play. It was called Jerusalem. It was by a wonderful writer called Jez Butterworth, and I'd, I'd read his plays before, and I knew I knew how how talented he was. But mm-hmm. this this theatre specialises in new plays, and they're usually edgy, and they're you know they're political or you know they're they're difficult to watch sometimes. You never really know what's going to happen. It was a six week contract. Um, it was the highest selling play that the Royal Cause had ever had. It transferred mm. to to the West End. It was one of the, the best selling plays in West End history. Mm. Wow! Yeah. People were camping out outside the, the theatre to watch it to get tickets, and it transferred to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so I got what I'd you know I'd visualised that being the way I was going to get in, and mm-hmm. I suppose that's how it happened. You know, that's cool. Um, yeah. And the best possible calling card for your first job in the States is to be in a hip play on Broadway, I, right. I thought, credibly. Um, and so, yeah, and then I said, I said to my wife, you know, well, we're not leaving the United States without representation. So that was the next thing we pushed towards. Mm-hmm. So on my days off, because we'd be in the play in the night, uh, in the days I'd go around, I was taking meetings in New York everywhere, meeting every conceivable representation. Um, Unfortunately, by the end of the play, I had representation here. What do you mean by that? An agency or yeah, I, I, someone who can who can sell you effectively? Yeah, yeah. who you trust? Yeah, yeah. Or, or or at least believe that they have, you know, and see the talent in you. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I signed with a guy, and, and then then went from there. Nipped back to the UK, and uh, then you know booked a few booked a few shows here from from the UK, and then then moved over. Mm-hmm. And then my entire family, I've now got an American son. Okay. And um, he was born eight months ago. Oh, really? Here, Congratulations. Here. Wow. Thank you. He in Santa Monica, and my daughter's seven. She was born in the UK, but um, she has an American accent and only really knows California and New York. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a cool. shift for them. Yeah. yeah. So they consider themselves Americans now. Absolutely. Well, my, my they, well your eight, eight month doesn't consider anything <laughs> yet, except for everyone's next meal. <laughs> She she is American as far as she knows. She she always asks, you know, what where am I from? So whatever you want to be, babe. But you know, you've got both passports, so it's up to you. Right. Good for her. You know, she's got the option. Speaking of um speaking like American, when I hear you, you know, on on TV, you don't have this accent, this thick you know, British accent that you have right now. So what what's that like? Do you have to have a voice trainer to yeah. to speak American? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I I I worked with for every hour of television. I was doing six hours voice prep. Oh, um, shit. Wow. Yeah, because because it, it's a big jarring thing for me. If someone gets accents wrong in the UK, um, it it just pulls me out straight away. Yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, I felt very, very. I think we may have spoken about this a little bit while I was with you, but I felt very privileged as a foreigner to have the opportunity to tell the tale of of an iconic American hero, if you like. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so, so I wanted to get it right and I wanted to put the time and the effort in and the producers were very good with, cause I have a, I have a lady that, that is 
incredible that I've worked in before and, and they got here on part of the team and we set up what we needed and they were very, very helpful in making sure that we had enough prep time. And right. Yeah, so I get it. We, we work on it together. Um, we like to, I like to set it in a, in a specific area mm-hmm. and then if I don't exactly hit that area, at least it's got life to it. Mm-hmm. So, so we looked at... We looked at Western Pennsylvania is an area where he's he's from, and so we looked at Jimmy Stewart, looked at Michael Keaton, and we we stole little bits of their accents, and then we amalgamated them into something new, and then hopefully. So, what does that look like? Like how if I were to go to this um, this coach that you have and say, yeah. okay, you know, you need to teach me to sound like Barry Sloan from Liverpool. How would she go about doing that? They would talk, you, you start like a baby learns to speak, you start with the vowel sounds and, and you learn the differences and the similarities. The best thing she does is we start with the similarities and we go, okay, what have you already got? Mm-hmm. And we go, don't change this, don't change this, don't change this. And then you find out that a lot of accents are pretty similar. Mm. You know, it's just we only notice the differences. So right. if, if you work out, there's not that much to change. It doesn't seem quite so daunting. Mm. And then you go, okay, well, it's this. And then, you know... The the northern English accent that I've got, um, she said, is easier to 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 switch to an American than than say a southern. Really uh, interesting. Yeah, there's there's already there's laxities. It's a more relaxed accent, mm-hmm. mine anyway, um, and because of the Irish influence and my accent and possible mm-hmm. Irish influence throughout the United States, it, you mm-hmm. know, it's there and the right thing. This kind of brings up another topic that I want to talk about that I've always wondered about actors, you know, so like, I'll just use your experience in revenge, you know, so what I thought was cool is like you had this Zen master and I had a Zen master when I grew up and I never, I didn't fight him and kill him, but you know, I mean, (laughs) that was TV of course, but you, you know, you, I know there's a lot of choreographer, but you looked like you learned how to fight, you know, for that show. And you learned a lot of really interesting skills. So my sense was, even though I have nothing to back this up, is that as an actor, you kind of have to become a a master of learning, like an accelerated learning. So you can take a subject and just be like, okay, I got this, and then learn how to learn it really quickly so that you own enough of it that you can pull it off. Well, that's that's interesting you said that, because when I I first started researching you guys, um, one of the first things that came up was uh, I saw an interview with the SEAL who said, I might not know everything about everything, but if I need to know something by tomorrow morning, I'll know more than you. you know <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay. That sounds like a SEAL team thing to say. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I get that. That's great. And that, and that, that was, that, that was, that's a very similar thing to this. It's like, it's always job specific. I need to know exactly what I need to know for a certain thing. And I might not need to know to whatever level of martial arts, you know, to do it every day of my life, but I need to know enough to get, Required through like learning almost as a dance, if you know what I mean, for that for that right. particular scene, right? And and just repetition, repetition, repetition. I mean, if you see Keanu Reeves's new his gun work in in the new John Wick, I mean that's just uh-huh. him, just you know, <laughs> doing it over and over and over. All yeah. nothing other than doing the gun work. So you know, it's um, also you know, I'm over two hundred pounds and I'm I'm over six foot two, so the roles that I'm going to be offered to play, there's always going to be a degree of physicality to the character because that's, right. that's what they're looking for. Me, genetically, I can't, I can't shift that. So it's probably useful to have a little bit of that. Do you have any type of, besides your, your newfound interest in functional fitness and yes. tough mutters and stuff, which we're going to come yeah. back to, but do you have a, any type of um, martial arts practice? Uh, or that only, you- no, only, only what, 
what we worked with on that show. Um, okay. I, I boxed. I boxed growing up a little bit back I home. And, uh, do a little bit more of that, but it's more rougher stuff than than technical. But um, through yoga and stuff like that, because my wife is a, a Reiki master, so oh, is uh, she cool? Yeah, we have that kind of in our life as well. So right, tasting and things, which which we did with yourself, which was wonderful. So um, yeah, yeah. So more of that stuff, yeah. So with six, you know, you did our training, which was kind of preparatory and really about team and just, you know, mindset and stuff like that. Yes. And then I know you went off and uh, Mitch put you through a bunch of shooting and, you yep. know, team drills so it could look like you could credibly like approach a building yep. and knock the door down and go through it. Was there any other training or, or tell us what that was like, you know, the, the tactical part and then, you know, whether you do had to do other training beyond like very role specific stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the weapons training was fantastic. Um, you know, as a Brit, as a guy who didn't grow up with even police officers carrying weapons. Right, so, right. You know, that's something that throughout my career I've had to find a relationship with and find a, a way into. Um, we were afforded, you know, all the weapons that you guys have available to you. And, and we, got to, we got to fire those over three days out in the desert up in uh, Santa Clarita Way. Mm-hmm. And and once again, you know, it was it was working with the guys with that level of proficiency who who also had the skill to take it down to our level and not make us feel like amateurs, but make us feel like part of their team. Right. You know. And we got there at the right pace and, and we didn't rush it and you know, and then we episode to episode, mission to mission, it was mission specific training, I suppose. Okay. Then yeah. we did we did a, a you know, we bought a tanker in the in this in the second episode there's a there's a boat a boat rescue, so we did like four days of just getting up the side, uh, hook, hook and climbing the ladder, getting mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, how we would approach, you know, the door going down, stairwells, mm. silently and, and proficiently, and, and it was all about just drilling what we were going to need right. mission, you know. Um, and then we did some for episode four. I think we did some live live fire movement, mm. um, which. Couple of the guys were like, we did not think you guys. I can imagine. Mitch told me that they probably that. weren't going to do that, but that would be his ideal because he wanted, you know, his th- pitch to me was, hey, Mark, you know, train these guys yeah. uh, because my, my, my commitment to you is that this is going to be the most authentic show, you know, about the, the SEALs ever. And I, because I said, I don't want to do it if it's going to be shitty. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, want exactly. the community on me like that, you know? Yeah. So that's cool. You actually did live fire training for yes, the show. Yes, we had movements and we were moving across each other and, and, and we got to the end of that drill and, and one of the guys is like, that is way, way beyond what we envisage you guys to be able to do. And you should be very proud. You know, We, we pushed past what I think Mitch expected of us mm-hmm. for that season. Mm-hmm. He expects far more now because we go again. Right. But, um, you know, as I say, the mindset that, that you guys had, had put in us by the time we finished, and the, and and the relationship we have as a group of men is is unparalleled in in my entire career. I bet. Um, I bet. You know, I mean, people we go to press functions and, and they can't believe that these these guys actually get on because a lot of <laughs> a lot of shows, you know, they pretend to be friends, but right. like, yeah, you know, and then that spread because we obviously we'd been through that going going through. Then we went to the table read and we started the show that spread around the entire cast. So the family element and the, and the brotherhood element. That, that was instilled in us is now right throughout the entire cast and crew oh, because cool. it's infectious. Cool. Right, I mean, right. They can see us pulling our weight and doing it that way. Never, you know, and Mitch, it was, on, it was on our finale. And it was like 110 degrees and we had full kit on and it was hot. And, you know, people were 
you know, background guys were starting to drop like flies. <laughs> and he was like, you guys, this is why you did what you did. I want to see a smile on your face and you want to get everything done aggressively. And we, and we did. We got it all done. And we, you know, we didn't bat an eyelid. And then that, that, that empowered everybody around us who were background level. If those guys are getting it done and they can go and sit in the shade if they choose and they're not, they're staying out here with us in the shit, then <laughs> they kept going. You know what I mean? So That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good to hear. Mitch is one of the best, by the way. I mean, he is such a, a solid guy all I'm, around. You I'm know? very thankful to to have him uh, in our lives. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, no doubt. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the Neurohacker Collective, for several months now. And it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine, or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one, you won't be disappointed with Qualia. So let's talk about um, what's your training like now. Uh, so the season is is over. Yes. And now you're you know do you have another job lined up or what what's going? I, on? I work on a, I work on a show called Longmire. Um, Longmire, okay. Yeah, I I've go heard back about that. And start shooting that in in June, but um, we started training as a group again last week. Good. Uh, okay. We started some uh, some CrossFits to begin with. We did one day of that. Then we did we did a uh, an eight mile hike. Uh, with weight vests and kind of started to push ourselves back into it gradually. Mm-hmm. We're going to up that each week and we're going to up the workouts each week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of the stuff that we worked with yourselves on. It's a lot of functional body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got a nice setup in my place now since since that as well. So so I'm pretty much every day um, getting out and you know making sure that we're in the best possible shape that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitch will start with us maybe four or five weeks prior to, to filming and then aesthetically step that up to to the level that he requires. So yeah. we just he just said to us, don't overexert at the moment because he doesn't want any of us not being able to function. All right. But uh, but not to be walking into it like we did last year <laughs> all prepared. Right. Right. So it's like he's like basically there's no excuses this year. You gotta be good. So Yeah. You guys should consider and I, I'd invite you all uh, on me to come out to one of our twenty uh, X events. Fantastic. Which is a twelve-hour gig, you know what I mean? So, so take the tough mutter and just multiply it by like four. Yeah, and it's a phenomenal thing. You come out as a team. We'd put you in a boat crew. What a great refresher! And um, I think that would be very useful for us. Yeah, you should pitch that to Mitch. Yeah, 
We want, we have one on the 29th. We have another one in June, okay. then in October. I think we run three or four of them this year. I'd love to see you guys come out for that. Thank you. Fun. It's a wonderful experience to go back there. Yeah, sure would. So physical training. Now, you guys aren't all in – are you all in L.A.? or so Can you get to do this in, yeah. together in person? Yeah, we're, all, we're, all, we're all based in L.A., which has been, you know, really oh, helpful cool. for that. That is yeah, helpful. So we're, we're all here. Yeah, which is good. What a neat thing. Cool. Yeah, we can all get together and, and train in the group. It's been very, very beneficial, obviously, since what we went through with you guys. Yeah. It's just it, – things are just easier to get done. As Dude, I would love to come up there and do something with you. If you guys have like a yeah. weekend or something – I would love to come up and go out on a rock and maybe put you guys through some training just for fun. That, that, would, that would be, be awesome. cool, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. Well, let, let's let's double. I mean, aside from this, let's let's double back with Mitch and, and yeah, get yeah, that. let's do something. Else. Yes. So let me talk about a few more things, and then I know you got probably we've been going for about forty minutes here, and, and um, I like to keep these around forty-five. But let's talk about um, like with Unbeatable Mind, my training. We we hit this up at at your training, but I want to come back to it. Is this idea of developing a personal ethos? It's really big for me, and I think. You know, you 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 know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket in a large part because just people have lost kind of their compass, and they're just flailing all over the place. And so, you know, the media loves that because they can just you know pump the next product to them. So they they're like ping pong balls going from one feel good thing to the next feel good thing, and, and none of them you know make you feel good in the long term. Tell me what's it like. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So for us, it's all about taking control and you know really. Digging deep, you know, curating what I call the inner domain, and and you know, developing self mastery and self awareness, and what comes out of that is a personal ethos, like a, a set of guiding principles and a vision, you know, for your future, where, you know, you're in charge, right? You're the boss, you know, like my friend Jocko says, you take extreme ownership of everything in your life. So, having said that, what would you like? How would you characterize? you know, your personal ethos for the listeners so they kind of get what, what motivates you when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror? For me, I feel very, very fortunate to be the father of two wonderful children, yeah. a husband to a wonderful wife. So I'm very thankful for that from the moment I wake up every day. And that's a wonderful way to kickstart. No doubt. Throughout my life, to succeed to the level I have in the career I have, um, I've had to work very hard mentally and, and have a very thick skin and, and not not be fearful. Mm-hmm. So I suppose every day, instead of looking at what I'm afraid of, I look at what I love and I move towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a big part of it. Because I think every day you're faced with those two choices, right? Love and fear. Right. You, what are you going to do? Right. So you can either educate yourself on what scares you and fix that, mm-hmm. or you can stay you know, hidden behind your front door for the rest of your life. Um I think I try and, as far as staying ahead in society and not getting, try and choose media in a broad spectrum and know where I'm getting it from. I don't just go to one shop, you know what I mean? I think it's best to educate yourself across the board. Um, I think I've been very fortunate in my career to be able to look at human beings as a case study. Mm, Yeah. and so I like to, I can appreciate human beings in general. So I like to people watch. I like to learn from people. I like to find one person a day that can educate me on something if possible. Um, yeah, because that's the best way. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Right. And, don't, and especially in, in, in this business, don't be afraid of failure right. in the sense of, with art like this, 
risk is important. Mm-hmm. So there's no right or wrong within, within the industry I work in that, you know, yeah. gambling and trying something is far more beneficial than playing the safe card. Right. Um, so I think bravery is always rewarded in this profession and um, you should always be that and always believe in yourself. Simple. I love that. In the SEALs, we used to say failure is not an option and that people can mistake that for not you know, not being able to fail. And for us, it was actually the opposite is that we, we had to go fail. And so ultimately the concept of failure is not the option. You know? Yes. Yes. That's it. It's not whether you fail or not. Cause you, you learn from your failures. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Oh, I think what was that quote that says the, the wise man learns from other people's failures, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so you kind of alluded to a few kind of rituals, like things that kind of that keep you grounded and keep you learning and keep you positive and optimistic. Yeah. So like, let's just think about your day as a, a rhythm, you know, in the seals, we'd say battle rhythm. What does that look like? You know, and, and talk to the listeners, like what does it look like for you so that when you get up, you're like locked and loaded and ready to roll and positive, both for your family and for the tribe. And so you mentioned a few things, but you know, think about it in terms of like rituals and habits. What does your life look like in that regard on a day-to-day basis? Rituals and habits. Um, we'll get up. I'll try and I'll try and make sure that I'm awake ten minutes, fifteen minutes before the kids mm-hmm. wake up, even before my wife wakes up. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll sit and think about the day ahead. I'll think positively. It's going to be a great day, and I put that out there straight away. Um, that's something that I try and keep with me every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as I said before, music. I'll get music on for the kids. Nice. Something uplifting, something stronger, sometimes classical, sometimes Disney, depending on what mood they're in, and drive them through the early parts of, of getting them ready for school and help my daughter get, get her ritual going, mm-hmm. ask her how she feels, ask her, um, tell her it's going to be a great day at school and she's going to succeed and she's going to learn, and nice. um, tell, tell her that going forward. And um, yeah, then we, um, we push forward from there. Mm-hmm. It's always about. You know, me and my wife will sit down and connect and discuss what we're going to do with our day, what we're going to achieve, and then we go out there and get it, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, you got it, man. What about in the evening when you um, come home? The evening, it's always about making sure once we've got the kids back to bed and out the way, we will get the house into a semblance of order, Mm -hmm. and then we'll make sure that we have times together to speak and discuss and eat people outside of mum and dad and uh, you know check in how whether we got what we did what whether we we got what we achieved completed mm-hmm. or what we want to have done that better you know what I mean yeah that's great so it's, uh, yeah it's, um, it's all about making sure that we we get we get done what needs to get done you know Terrific. Yeah, that's a great evening ritual. Did you learn from the day? What went well? What didn't? Yeah. And, uh, no regrets, right? No regrets. Yeah, absolutely no regrets ever. <laughs> As an actor, you know, being in TV shows, do you actually watch TV at all? Do you ever have time? You may not have time. I barely do. But my, we, my wife got me back into it, and it's kind of a fun ritual to do one. Yeah, it's, it's, we, just, we just watched a, a cool show on Netflix called The OA. Um, which I, I had no idea what it was going to be. It's, it's, it's very odd. Very strange show. What's uh, it called again? It's called the the OA. OA, uh, like yeah, the oh. OA. Um, it's an interesting one. It's, it's a truly unique story that I hadn't seen before. Uh-huh. 
So so that's good. So we, we will try and we'll try and jump in, but we we, we don't really watch live television mm, as yeah, such, which is a bit unfair because I'm expecting people to do that for my show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's tough, you know, it's and there's so much garbage and so many interruptions, and that's it. You know, how do you find what it is? And you, you basically just have recommendations from people, you know, right. you listen to, I suppose. But yeah, you know, we, we do we do enjoy that, but it's just a matter of uh, yeah. finding the time, really. What about uh, reading? Do you like to read? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I can, you know, if I can't get in my books, I have my audio books on mm-hmm. for any driving that I'm doing around town as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd love to a- send you a, a copy of um, my book, Way of the Seal, and or Unveil Mine. I mean, it'd be, it'd be an honor to send you up those. I'm- well, I actually wanted to say to you, this was a really interesting about visualization and, and things putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, about maybe about four months prior to working with you, I was in a bookstore in Santa Monica and I came across eight weeks of Silford. Nice. <laughs> which I just picked off the shelf, right? Right. So I'm looking at this and I was looking at the pages and I started to, to, to read the book and get into it. And then only a few weeks later, I was working with you on this show. <laughs> How cool is that? And I'm like, you, you, I've just got to be, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you read, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got to pick the right book. Well, I'm very fortunate that I did. I'm very glad that I did. And um, I, I, yes, um, you've you've got some incredible books, and uh, I know I know pretty much every one of us has, has read them. So, um, well, I'll get. Um, how about this? I'll get your address for, or I'll have Allison get your address, and then I'll I'll send your team, you and the team, up some books. I I doubt everyone else has read them, but it might be fun. For you guys to to kind of like reconnect with those principles and add that to your training, because you know that's that's the 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 holy grail and the next stage of of human development to me is integration, right? And so yes. for us, like where I've gone is when I train, I'm doing all the work, right? It, it's an integrated training practice, not just a workout. Uh-huh. And so I'm doing breath work, I'm doing visualization, I'm I'm doing the um, the internal dialogue. I'm moving the barbell with awareness, so that becomes mindfulness, or whatever, whether it's a burpee or barbell or pull-up. And uh, and I'm doing the pre and post ritual, which is to to prep to win, to win in my mind, and then to learn from the win, you know. And so that that one hour block of time, or whether it's whether it's a half hour, hour or three hours, becomes a whole integrated practice, physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual. And that would be cool for you guys to re-engage with that, because then. You know, there's there's just so much magic that happens, yeah. right? When you do that. At any rate, I'm pitching my own books to you, so that's not, <laughs> you pitch away. Yeah, yeah, watch watch six season one and season two, which starts next year as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. Season one, um, History Channel. Just yep. just Google History Channel and look for six S I X. Of course, it's named after SEAL Team Six, aka Naval Special Warfare Development Group. That's the one. Which is the actual name? We were told. We were told in no uncertain terms by by Mitch and the guys to start with that every time we called it SEAL Team Six, we would be we would be uh, pushed through a, 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 a not nice training thing. So, <laughs> so. Technically, SEAL Team Six. If you ask the Navy, it doesn't exist. Exactly. So it was like oh, uh, any interviews. None of us did it. We always went for Dev Crew, and the, the press didn't know what the hell we we're talking about. I know, right? But that was good. So at least we didn't have to do more burpees, you know? So no more burpees. That's cool. And there's a second season. When does that start? What, what's we the start, We start shooting in July, so I, I think it'll be on a early 2018. 2018. 
Cool. And I imagine you guys had a, I mean, they wouldn't have picked up a second season if it wasn't successful. Yeah. What are your goals in terms of like viewership and how, how can we help you knock it out of the park for next year? You know what, what you said before that you want to be part of, of the most um, honest interpretation of of your community. Mm-hmm. I hope we we came we came in, in the ballpark of doing that. I know that there's a ton of seal shows that have been picked up for pilots this year. Uh, yeah. um, and without, I don't like to. I, I wish everybody in this business good luck. Um, I just hesitate. And I'm slightly concerned that they won't be quite as respectful. So I guess if anyone's inclined to watch one of these shows, I can honestly say that I'm pretty sure ours is going to be the one that's most truthful. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. And knowing Mitch and the work that you guys have put in and the authenticity and, um, gosh, if you're doing live fire already on your – I mean, actors never get to do that. I mean, that is just stunningly rare. So that's no, we we were, we were trusted with our weapons as well um, on and off set, um, yeah, okay. you know, um, which was unheard of. Yeah, to it me. is unheard of. Um, but he was like, "These guys are cool with it. They're not going to fuck around. They know, you know, they know what to do." So, right, yeah, terrific, very well. Good luck with uh, season two. Congrats on season one. I I can't wait to. You know, um, hopefully Mitch is threatened to have uh, kind of the crew come back and do some more training, kind of refresher. We'll we'll talk to him about that because especially I think you'll probably have one or two new actors cycle in, won't you? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And they 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 need they need to get their ass kicked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or else you won't have the same level of trust. They'll be the FNG. You know, that's the, absolutely the FN yeah. new guy. <laughs> so you got to take him and, and, and fix him. That's yeah. right. All right, Barry. Super cool. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, good luck with everything. Best for your kids, and and uh, I'll get those books up to you and maybe we can get together and go for a long rock and do some burpees really appreciate that mark yeah, always awesome. a pleasure Thanks, all right mate. buddy take care Ooh, yeah. lock it low boys time to explode boys make sure you get home boys they got your back the pride of the fleets the bright swinging frog men of the U.T.T. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.